today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. We think that we have it under control. I think it comes back down to we think that we can handle things. Pride. Our prior life increases when we face difficulty. But why does it cut back in good times? And I'm not saying all believers are like that. But there's that, those times where we like, yeah, this is good. Everything's on cruise control. And I, I can cut back on my prayer life. I think those are the times to really be praying and praising God for what He's been doing in our lives. When the Lord intervenes in your life in a huge way, in answer to prayer, healing, you're excited about the greatness of God. But as we'll hear from Pastor Eric in today's message, even the wars won miraculously by the Israelites weren't enough to keep them from straying. The excitement fades, but God doesn't. Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of Judges, chapter 3, verse 7, for part one of his message entitled, The One We Worship. The first three chapters, in a sense, the first part of three, but chapters one and two, it give us this really great historical background to the book of Judges, like what's going on with the children of Israel. Oh, they're disobedient once again, and they now have a generation who is not faithful to God. And last time we met, God said, you know what, I'm going to test them by the nations that are remaining in the land, uh, and I'm going to test them to see if they're going to be faithful to me. And so uh, how is he going to test them? you guys remember? Through war. <laughs> Through war. Okay. So times of war, and that he would test the children of Israel's faithfulness. And see, within the book of Judges, you guys, this is over a 300-plus time span of Israel's history. Okay. And in these years, Israel rebelled. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. But you know what? Whenever they got in trouble, what did they do? So good. They were really good at this. They would cry out to the Lord, and then the Lord would have compassion on them and do what? Raise up a deliverer or a judge to help the children of Israel. God is so gracious, and he's so long-suffering, and uh, praise God for that. But as soon as this judge would die, Israel did what? They went back to their wicked ways, and not even back to their old wicked ways. They even got more wicked than the ways that they were doing before. That one is a mind blower. Here you see God's mighty hand work in your life, and then just because a man died, you're going to go back and you're going to do even more bad things than you were previously doing? I don't get it, but that's what they did. So tonight, we start looking at the judges that God raised up. And so we're going to look at Athenial, Ehud, and Shamgar. Wonderful stories that we get to read tonight. So let's read verses 7 through 11 of chapter 3 and look at Othiniel. Judges chapter 3, verse 7. So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and Asherahs. Therefore... The anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Cushan Rishathim, king of Mesopotamia, and the children of Israel served Cushan Rishathim eight years. Verse 9, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel, who delivered them, Othiniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. 
Verse 10, the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. He went out to war and the Lord delivered Cushan Rashithium, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand and his hand prevailed over Cushan Rashithium, the king of Mesopotamia, that's easier to say. Uh, so the land had rest for 40 years. Then Othiniel, son of Kenez, died. Wow, what a story that is. And right off the bat, you guys, what do we see? Verse 7 comes right at us and says that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, well, how did they do that? Well, they forgot about the Lord their God. And then they served these false gods. The Asherahs, are those are sacred trees or poles set up next to altars, okay? And, and they would be the image of a Canaanite goddess. That's what they were worshiping. These Canaanite goddesses on like a totem pole, okay? Is what I see, a pole, you know, with images of a goddess, whatever. And so they're worshiping these, these false gods, and because of this, God was all right with it. No. no. He was angry. In fact, it says in verse 8, the Lord was hot against Israel. Do you guys ever remember growing up and your parents being really hot against you? There were some moments in my life where I remember my dad being pretty hot, you know, and I was like, okay, now is the time to... Uh, to obey, you know. Uh, so here the Lord was very hot with the children of Israel. And so then we see that God gave them over to what they were worshiping. And they fell into the, the hands of the king of Mesopotamia, and, and they had to serve him for how many years? Eight years. They served him for eight years. So think, now they're in bondage. They were in the promised land, you guys. And God had given them this land, given them the opportunity to have this beautiful area to raise their families and to worship Him. But they chose uh, to be knotheads and just decided to worship these false gods. And so He's like, okay, fine. You want to serve them? Then you're going into bondage. Eight years. Eight years back into bondage. Didn't they have enough of that over in Egypt? I guess not, because now they're, they're back into bondage. So then Israel, remember I said that they do this really, really good. In verse 9, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up what? A deliverer. Someone to deliver them, to bring them out of bondage. And do you remember this guy? His name was Othiniel, and he was the nephew of Caleb. Do you guys remember who Caleb was? Caleb was one of the spies originally sent out by Moses into the promised land. Caleb was a man of faith. And here we see that this faith in the Lord must have been taught to his nephew, Othiniel, because the Lord used him and he had faith. If you guys remember in our study in Joshua, Othiniel was the one who conquered Debir. Uh, the results, remember, Caleb's like, whoever can go up there and conquer them, they can marry my daughter. And Othiniel was that man. He was the one who was like, yes, I'm going to go and I'm going to conquer. And he won the victory and he won Caleb's daughter. Interesting, right? 
But an interesting note, though, okay? So God raises up Othiniel to, to go against the king of Mesopotamia, and guess what happened? He went out on his own power and his own strength, and he went and he got the victory. No, that's not what it says. Verse 10 says what? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. He went out to war, and the Lord delivered the king of Mesopotamia. Man, here we have it, you guys. The Lord's Spirit came upon Othiniel, and he was able to defeat the king of Mesopotamia. What a mighty feat that is. And we know there's testimonies of God's power and how he goes out before us to get the victory. Now, Othiniel witnesses firsthand. He was going out and fighting against this king who has enslaved the children of Israel for eight years, and God's spirit came upon him, and they went, and the Lord delivered the king into his hand. I bet if you were him, if you were Othiniel, you'd be pumped up. You'd be like, woohoo! right? Probably more than a woohoo. You'd be freaking out. You know, you'd be like, yeah. So there's two things I want to look at here with Othiniel, okay? Number one, the story of Othiniel. Number one, let's look at the children of Israel. Israel forgot God. Meaning what? They ceased to care about the Lord. They stopped caring. Israel stopped caring about the Lord. And this kind of heart will bring problems in one's life. Would you guys agree with me? Okay, we're on the same page. Because if you don't care about the Lord, where is your focus usually at then? If you're not focusing on God, usually the focus is on you, or just as the case in the children of Israel, their focus was on what? Uh, Poles with images on them and these little false gods, you know? I don't know if they're little, but that's what I think they are, because it's a little G. Anyway, so these gods took their worship away from the Lord. So from the beginning of time, you guys, though, is this what God wanted for man? Did God want us to go off and forget about him? That's not what I read. In Genesis, he wanted man to remember his ways and to walk in his ways and to be obedient to his ways. But because of sin... Man naturally turns to his ways. See, God is God. And the Bible, you guys, the Bible tells us, which I, I bet, I would assume that many of you know, he's a jealous God. He's a jealous God. In fact, he's so jealous, he told the children of Israel, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. And he says in Deuteronomy, he says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water underneath the earth. That pretty much covers everything. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God." So God was up front with the people and saying, I don't want you to worship anything else. I don't want you to forget about me. I am God. I want you to worship me. Oh, but Israel didn't get that memo here as they were off doing their own thing. See, the thing is, you guys, God does not share his throne, does not share his throne with anybody or anything. 
And we as believers need to be careful that we are not forgetting God. And God needs to be included in everything that we do. Everything that we do. He needs to be included in everything. Majesty, what does that mean? He is king. We are his servants. We need to look to him for every order of our life. For every order that he has for our life, we need to go to the king. But it seems like most times, and I've fallen into this, the only time that we seem to need God is during hard times. Remember the children of Israel, what were they really good at, you guys? Crying out during what? Hard times. They were really good at that, and I bet we're pretty good at that. Crying out to the Lord during difficult times? Well, why is it that we think when everything's under control that we don't need to cry out to the Lord anymore? When everything seems to be smooth, the waters are calm, everything's fine, I'm back to normal, the emergency's gone, I don't need to dial, and I don't need to reach out to God anymore. Why is that? Well, I really don't know. It's just that, that heart of we think that we have it under control. I think it comes back down to we think that we can handle things. Pride? Our prayer life increases when we face difficulty. But why does it cut back in good times? And I'm not saying all believers are like that. But there's that, those times where we like, yeah, this is good. Everything's on cruise control, and I, I can cut back on my prayer life. I think those are the times to really be praying and praising God for what he's been doing in our lives. See, if our relationship was just based on bad times, I think, and I know, we're missing out on so much more. We're missing out on so much more. You know, we cry out, Lord, save us. And he's compassionate and he, he provides the ways out most times. You know, he's faithful and, he's, and he loves us and he cares for us. In fact, he's, he's always given us a way out through Jesus Christ. But if we only look into him during these bad times, if that's what our relationship is based off of, I only come to you and talk to you when bad things are happening. Man, we're missing so much more of God. We're missing so much more of him. Like, he has other qualities besides being savior. He has other qualities. How about he's a friend? He's the prince of peace. The comforter. See, Jesus said in, in John fifteen fifteen, No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. This isn't like a king that is just ruling, you know, mean and just, just not including these people with anything. He just said, hey, whatever my father tells me, I'm going to tell you guys. Because I don't look at you just as servants. I look at you as my my." Friend. Friend. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is our friend. And this part of Jesus, I believe, is forgotten by many. That we have a friend in Jesus Christ. Now, when you're thinking of friends and friendship, what do you guys do? You can talk for hours about everything. 
I mean, you could be on the phone, you could be on Facebook, going back, instant messages, bloop, 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 you know that noise? You could be texting, and it's like you're pouring your heart out to your friends. But here we have the greatest friend in the world who has created everything in Jesus Christ, who knows all of our issues, he knows how to solve them, and he knows how to comfort you. He is a friend to those who believe in his name. Wow. Now check this picture out, you guys. This is rad. Man, Jesus just kicking back and relaxing on a bench with a, a guy. Does that look like your normal king? Here he, he cares for us, you know, and he, he longs to know what's going on in our lives from even like, what should I do today? I mean, like, why do we think that we can't come to the throne? We can come to the throne because of Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed at Calvary. The veil was torn, you guys. It's okay to talk to God. It's okay to have a relationship with him. That's what he wants. If you're like me, I like to drink coffee with friends. You know, just drink coffee and just hang out. In the hours that you could go by and just drink, you know, I don't know how many countless times I've had in Starbucks where it's like, oh yeah, we'll hang out for 30 minutes and then the next thing I know it's two and a half hours and I just poured out my heart to this person, you know. I'm like, oh man, it was so good to talk to you. But you know what? Even though man is right and visibly in our face, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of our hearts. And he knows even more of the details than our closest friends know. That's awesome, isn't it? To know that we have a friend in Jesus. Okay, so number two thing I want to look at. So Israel forgot about the Lord. Number two thing I want to look at is, where did this power come from that Othiniel got? Where did that come from? See, Othiniel was chosen by God. And Othiniel, like I mentioned earlier, he did not win the battle by his own might, did he? At least it doesn't say that in my translation. It says that God delivered him, that God delivered the king into his hand. See, it reminds me of the verse in Zechariah, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Friends, family, God has given believers today this power. This power called the Holy Spirit. Check out what Paul said about this. If this doesn't pump you up, it should. It says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Hello? What is that saying to you? and me, that the spirit of the living God indwells in you. That's powerful, you guys. And again, Paul said it to Timothy, that good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. God's spirit, who God is, and his, his attributes are in you, if you believe in the name of the Son of God if you have that relationship with Jesus Christ. Little old you here in Coolidge, Arizona have the Holy Spirit, the God who created all things is inside of you. He has given you the power. Now, I'm not very charismatic, but I'm like, woohoo, you know? 
You know, like, praise God. That is awesome to know that we have the same power that Othinio had. That is so wonderful. See, remember that in your day. When you're not able to do something, when you're facing a challenge, remember who dwells inside of you, the Holy Spirit. And you are strengthened by the Spirit, and you are fully capable of doing anything, not by, what, your might, but by the Spirit. Wonderful, right? Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. It's by his spirit. And Othiniel, you guys, had the spirit of the Lord come upon him, and he went out, and he just let God work in his life, and look what happened. He delivered Israel. And then there was rest for 40 years. Oh, but then he died. Okay? So then let's look at verse 12. It says this, And the children of Israel, again, did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they have done evil in the sight of the Lord. Verse 13, Then he gathered to himself the people of Ammon and Amalek, and went and defeated Israel, and took possession of the city of Palms, which is also known as Jericho. Okay? Verse 14, So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. Verse 15, but when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, Ehud, the son of Gerar, the Benjamite, and the, uh, a left-handed man, and that comes into play here in, shortly, uh, by him the children of Israel sent tribute to Eglon, the king of Moab. Now Ehud made himself a dagger. It was a double-edged and a, a cubit in length, and fastened it under his clothes, under his right thigh. So he brought the tribute to Eglon, the king of Moab. Now Eglon was a very fat man. Verse 18. And when he had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who had carried the tribute, but he himself turned back from the stone images that were at Gilgal and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. And he said, Keep silence. And all who attended him went out from him. So Ehud came to him. Now he was sitting upstairs in his cool uh, private chamber. Then Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. So he arose from his seat. Then Ehud reached with his left hand, took the dagger from his right thigh, and thrust it into the, his belly. Even the hilt went in after the blade. And the fat closed over the blade. For he did not draw the dagger out of his belly, and his entrails came out. Wow, what a scene. That is awesome. I just got to say, that is awesome. That is rad. Who needs to watch TV? Read your Bible. Okay, verse 23. Then Ehud went out through the porch and shut the doors, and the upper room behind him and locked them. When he had gone out, Elglon's servants came to look, and their surprise, the doors of the upper room were locked. So they said, he's probably attending to his needs in the cool chamber. Verse 25, so they waited till they were embarrassed, and still he had not opened the door, doors of the upper room. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of Judges the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. 
If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search on Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. If you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area and we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-720-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write this information down. All this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on to get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of Judges. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.